What is the secret to success in life? How do you determine if you really don't have the talent to follow your passion? Pat Williams, the Senior Vice President of NBA's Orlando Magic, joins me on All Business Today to talk about, of all things, success. How to know if you have the right talent to follow your passion. Now, Pat has authored over 100 books led 23 teams to the NBA playoffs, and five to the finals. I'm excited to have Pat on All Business. Thanks for being with us here today, Pat. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, Pat. First of all, thanks very much for being on the show. And I have to ask you, you've authored over 100 books. I can't even imagine that. Well, I can't either, really, Jeffrey, but uh, that is the case. I wrote my first book, came out in the fall of 1974. Uh, It was actually an autobiography uh, called The Gingerbread Man, and uh, little did I realize that uh, over these many decades, I would be uh, writing a wide range of books on different topics. Uh, the most recent one is called The Success Intersection, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you about it, Jeffrey. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, I was fascinated by the book. We've been floating a couple copies around. We need to pick up a copy for everybody here in the office, but we've, been, we've got two copies, and they're floating around everyone's desk. Was, what, why, I want to go back to this. Now, you, now, now you've intrigued me. Your first book, The Gingerbread Man. Why that title, and why that book? I was uh, 34 years old at the time. And my life would have been comparable to that nursery rhyme that we all kind of learned way back in our youth. Run, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. (laughs) I think think that was a definition of my life. I was running uh, as fast as I could in, in my career, in my life. Uh, So I think, I think it was a good title that kind of captured my approach to life. And, and what I was trying to accomplish. And somebody somebody once said to me, uh, you're just like the gingerbread man. So I, uh, I shared that with my writing partner and the publisher, and uh, they thought it was a good idea. That's absolutely fabulous. But you, you got to still feel like that. I mean, after all you've done, the things that you've you've accomplished in life, and you're still accomplishing, and, and certainly this book is one of those. Do you, do you still feel like you're the gingerbread man? Do you refer yourself to, to that title? Probably so, Jeffrey. I I think we're all uh, in a, in a race for time. We only have a limited amount of time on this earth, and uh, in my case, I am driven and I I'm very goal oriented. Uh, I've got uh, oh at least a dozen more books that I want to write uh, in in the years ahead. I I still have um, many grandchildren to help get educated. Yeah. Uh, still many speeches to give. Uh, still enjoy very much my involvement uh, with the Orlando Magic and my life in the National Basketball Association. So uh, there's there's a, still a, a great deal on my platter, and uh, I'm I'm determined to try and get it all done. Well, you played minor league baseball. How did you get into the basketball scene? My roots are in baseball. I I grew up in a sports-minded family. I played all the sports in high school, but. 
baseball was my best sport. I was a catcher, and I went to Wake Forest uh, to play baseball, and then uh, spent the first seven years of my pro career in the Phillies organization, two as a minor league catcher, and five uh, helping to run minor league ball clubs in the Phillies farm system. And then out of a clear blue sky in July of 1968, I got a phone call uh, from Dr. Jack Ramsey, who was in charge of the 76ers organization, about to take on coaching duties. He needed somebody to run the front office, called me at my little minor league ballpark in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and invited me to come to Philadelphia. Uh, That was a long shot, that's for sure. I was 28 years old at the time, but I took that job and moved to Philadelphia, and that started what is now almost a 50-year career in the NBA. That's just phenomenal. Well, you were born in Philadelphia too, right? So it was, it was yeah, coming I home. Yeah, I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, right, just south of Philly. So that area was, was home for me. So it was a nice experience to go back to Philly for that one year. I, uh, at the end of that season, in July of 1969, I had the opportunity to uh, go to Chicago as the general manager of the Bulls. And that led to four years there, which was a marvelous experience. Then uh, I went to Atlanta for one year as the GM of the Hawks, and then back to Philadelphia as the general manager of the 76ers. And that was a 12-year run from 1974 to 1986. That turned out to be the Julius Irving era. Mm. Uh, We won the NBA title in 1983, which was a real highlight. And then in the summer of uh, 1986, we moved to Orlando, and uh, came here to help found and start the Orlando Magic up as an expansion team. That was 31 years ago, uh, and we've been here ever since. Wow, fabulous, fabulous. Well, I'm going to ask you one more baseball question, then I want to move in into the book and talk more about passion and talent and inspiration. Who's your favorite catcher? <laughs> well, I, I grew up as a, as a huge baseball fan. Yeah. You know, uh, went to the ballpark in Philadelphia Shy Park every weekend as a kid. The Phillies and A's were both in town then, so there was a ball game every weekend. And uh, I, w- I was there watching the great Yogi Berra and watching Roy Campanella and watching Andy Simonek of the Phillies and uh, Jim Hegan of the Cleveland Indians, and the list went on and on. And I, uh, my dad gave me a catcher's mitt uh, when I was about three or four years old, and uh, and that led to my, my many years behind the plate in high school, college, and then later in the Philly system. Oh, fabulous. Well, mine was Johnny Bench, and I'm a former catcher from way well, back. And when Johnny Bench came along yeah. much later, uh, you know, I was yep. into my uh, administrative career. My playing days were long over when he came along. But yeah. uh, nevertheless, I, I, you know, it would be hard to argue that there was a better receiver, better thrower, Certainly a power hitter than Johnny Bench. He is a he was a Hall of Famer from the beginning. Yeah, and just a nice guy. I got a chance to meet him a number of years ago, and I, I really, really had a great talk with him. And he was a, a childhood idol of mine playing. And I went on to play football. I went on. I moved from catcher to a center, uh, hiking the ball from catching the ball to hiking the ball. So it was that was that was my. And I never got to play ball like you did. I they used to measure my speed with a calendar. So I wasn't I wasn't fast enough. I'd have been right there with you, Jeffrey. That's why they put me behind the plate. <laughs> well, fabulous. Well, I want to ask you, so what's been your inspiration? Um, well, what has been my inspiration really to do everything that I'm capable of doing? Um, 
I wake up in the morning motivated. I wake up in the morning inspired to uh, make that day the very best it can be. Uh, I'm inspired by John Wooden's great quote, make each day your masterpiece. Uh, So I'm determined uh, to make each day of my life a masterpiece day uh, in what I accomplish and how I deal with other people. Uh, I think that's really what drives me, uh, what motivates me. I I am success-oriented, and uh, nothing is more thrilling than to write a book and see it published or to give a speech that makes a difference in people's lives or uh, to see an NBA team that I'm involved with uh, make the playoffs and make a title run. Uh, You know, those are extremely gratifying experiences for me. Well, absolutely. Well, let me take a quick break, and then I want to come back and talk about talent meeting passion. So I want to talk about the dream job, because listening to Pat, sounds like he's got the dream job. I thought I had the dream job, but I think he's got it. But if you're, if you're looking for your next dream job, did you know Dunkin' Donuts actually employs coffee-tasting experts? Get that, man. You get to sit around and drink coffee, and you can become a tasting expert. On average, they taste 200 cups of coffee a day. Man, I hope they put some decaf in there, but sign me up, man. With jobs like this and such care to make sure that their coffee is the very best, it's no wonder that America runs on Dunkin' and so does all business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Pat, are you a coffee drinker? You've got to be a coffee drinker. No, I'm not. My really? uh, my beverage of choice would be a unsweetened iced tea uh, ah. with extra lemon, uh, mint leaves torn up, uh, placed into the tea, Mm-hmm. Uh, two pink sweet and lows stirred with plenty of ice, uh, a nice long straw, and, and I'll be just fine. There's a guy who knows what he likes, just exactly the way he wants. So there used to be an Oliver Palmer. Maybe that's going to become the Pat Williams. Well. Right there. That could be the drink. Now, now the only difference, yeah, you know, Arnie uh, thought years ago to put some lemonade in there yeah. and, and had a drink for the ages. I haven't... Uh, thought what I would put in mine. We'll have to work on that one, Jeffrey, and uh, yeah. come up come up with a Pat Williams drink. So we're talking the success intersection, the book. What happens when your talent meets your passion? Do you need both talent and passion to make it work, Pat? Oh, without question, Jeffrey. I am approached constantly by young people who want to know uh, what to do with their life and, and what uh, they need to do to have a successful life or a fulfilling life. And I will always say the same thing to them. I will say, uh, what is your greatest talent uh, and, and, and where that greatest talent intersects uh, with your strongest passion? Well, then you have discovered your sweet spot in life. And that's where you want to live. That's where you want to get your education. That's where you want to get your paycheck every two weeks, right there in that sweet spot. And the other thing I would add, Jeffrey, the sooner in life you can figure that out, uh, the better off you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was seven years old when my dad took me to my first major league ball game in Philadelphia in June of 1947. And I saw a a doubleheader at Shibe Park, and I fell in love immediately, really, with the sights and the sound and the smell and the color of baseball. In fact, I can still feel in my bones uh, what it was like that Sunday afternoon. I can still see the green grass, and I can still see the little tractor with the mat behind it dragging the dirt in the infield, and I can still see the grounds crew putting down the white lines in the batters and catchers box. I can still see those guys with their canvas hose 
uh, sprinkling down the the dirt and and settling the dust it, it was it was absolutely like seeing the most beautiful painting done in the world and and I, I had a, a love affair that started right there as a seven-year-old. So I knew at that point what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be a ball player. Uh, I had a certain amount of talent, but I had enormous passion. And, and that's what guided me through my school days and college days and into the pro ranks. And, uh, and, and then, of course, I, I switched sports. But uh, that talent and passion intersection has been part of my life now for uh, 70 years. So a lot of times you hear people, especially with these millennials, people saying, hey, go follow your passion. Like that, like that's enough. It, it's not enough, is it? No, it's not enough, Jeffrey, because you got to have some talent. Yeah. Uh, you've got, you know, companies, organizations, when you really think about it, uh, they are hiring or renting your talent. Uh, and if you don't have talent and great passion, well, that, that, that's not good enough. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to be very frank, and, and this is probably where mentors or life coaches or um, sages come into your life uh, who can sit and give you a, a very direct analysis of, of what you're good at and what your skills are, and they can, they can give you, um, you know, honest feedback. You need that in your life. Uh, and, and so you don't want to waste years you know, tracking some path that really is a dead end. Uh, whereas you can be directed early in life uh, about a skill or a talent that really is going to pay dividends. And uh, that way you can get your education in that field and, you know, and really, really follow through your passion where you have talent. I keep underlining that word talent, Jeff, because yeah. uh, companies or organizations or franchises or teams uh, they want your talent. They're going to rent your talent for a certain period of years. But talent's not enough either, is it? No, it's not enough. Yeah, you can come in with great talent, but if you if you have no energy, if you have no enthusiasm for what you're doing, if if you are just going through the motions, uh, if if the passion meter in your life, you know, is about twenty percent at at twenty, you know, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And, and you're and you're going to be uh, you're going to be discovered. You can you can fake passion, Jeff, for about oh, two weeks, uh, but after the two week period, the gig is up. Yeah. Gets old, and you're going to be discovered. You're going to be revealed. You know when that passion just uh, just completely evaporates at the 14 day mark. So uh, the pa- you got to have passion for a lifetime. And, and you've got to have the talent, enough talent, you know, that you are valuable to some team or some organization or some company or some university or some military outpost. Uh, that's, that's what we're looking for here. And that's what I'm writing about. Yeah. We're talking about the book, The Success Intersection with Pat Williams here. What happens when your talent meets your passion? So you you can get excited about things, Pat, and then you think that you have the talent for it. And how does one determine that they really don't have the talent to follow that passion? Well, in many cases, I would say, Jeffrey, you've got to give it a try. Yeah. Uh, but, but you also need outside help, I think. Uh, you need somebody to sit down with you uh, who's close to you and cares about you as, as a young person uh, 
and say, I, I need some direct feedback here. Uh, what do you see in me? What is it about my personality that you think I would be good at? Uh, what skills do you think I've got? Uh, d- does it look like I would be um, uh, into sales? Do you think it would? I'd, I'd be very good as an educator. I used to sit down with my children, Jeff, and I still do. We'll, we'll sit down with young people. And I would say, uh, would you rather be a high school baseball coach and history teacher or uh, the head coach at Rollins College? Uh, would you rather be singing on Broadway or doing the early morning television show in Boston? Would you rather be uh, selling life insurance or would you rather be uh, running a restaurant? You know, I would run those drills past my kids. I still do it with with, uh, young people that come to my path, trying to get some idea, you know, of what might be appealing to them, where they might take their skill level and apply it in an area that they would enjoy it and have a certain amount of passion uh, I like that little drill. How about you, Jeff? Do you want me to run that by you? Do you want no, me to play I, the game I, with you? No, I love that. I absolutely love that idea because it really gets to your what what are your own personal conditions of satisfaction. That's one. And then it matches then your real talent. So you're having someone else get, kind of give you an ROI on what you really are, a, a real assessment of your skill sets. And then do they match? Because, you know, we, as you said earlier, Pat, you only have so many days on this earth. And, let's, and the, it, it would be a shame not to make the best use out of those days. Well, and Jeffrey, that's, I'm, I'm bullish on mentors. Bullish. And, and I tell young people, and, and older ones alike, uh, the importance of having three or four people in your life uh, who have been down the path of life, who have been down the road, who, who know what life is about, and who care about you, and will sit down with you and, and uh, give you good advice, good counsel, good input, uh, particularly at, at moments when you have decisions to make or when you're, you're seeking your path in life, Oh, it's important to have those people around you. And wise are the young people who have three or four mentors, you know, uh, there to help and direct them. Uh, Unwise are those young people who say, "Eh, I don't need any help. You know, I I can handle this all by myself. You know, I I know what I'm doing. Uh, I'll I'll just uh, do it my way. Well, there's nothing. And and inevitably, those people are going to run into trouble. Uh, because life can be complicated. Life can get tricky on you, and you need some wise heads around you. I'm, I'm very big on wisdom, Jeffrey. Uh, I, I love to be around people who possess wisdom. It's, it's more important than knowledge. It's, it's the ability to kind of see life uh, from the perspective ex- of experience. And uh, when, you're, when you have people of wisdom in your world, you've got some wonderful advantages. Well said. Let me take a break and let me go 
earn a little bit of money here because I want to talk about, here's another piece of wise advice. If you're looking to own your own business, talk with the folks at Liberty Tax Service. Liberty was named best of the best in financial services by Entrepreneur Magazine. That's a great magazine to read. They provide great support and solid structure for small business owners. So if you're looking to own your own business, let me tell you about Liberty Tax. These guys are the guys. Just go to LibertyTaxFranchise.com. By the way, they have a seasonal franchise as well as a full-time franchise. So you can just work, you know, kind of part-time if that's your passion and if you have talent, as we're learning right here. So on the mentoring side, uh, Pat, I got to imagine you're at that point in your life where you you see someone who might be struggling and you just go out of your way to say, hey, hey, my friend, can I can I interject here or do you wait and let them ask for that? Well, what I have learned is that uh, they're, uh, yeah, 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 the answer is the latter. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to force my way on anybody, but uh, when young people in our organization want some direction in their careers or what's going on, and uh, and also uh, people who read the books that I write, Jeff, they uh, I, I list my phone number and contact information at the back of the book, including my private phone number, <laughs> uh, because I do want to hear from from readers, and many of them have questions or. Uh, they want career direction. Uh, they want advice, and I'm very happy to give it uh, over the telephone or by email. Um, and the reason I do that, uh, there were so many people uh, when I was a, a young guy coming up through the sports world. So many people who invested in me, and 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 uh, gave of themselves so freely, and were so available. And I became what I became really to a large degree by those people who went out of their way to really pour themselves into my life. So I want to return that favor. Which is uh, awesome. I, I, want, I want to be investing in the next generation or two through, through my speaking and through counseling, through the books that I write. But I can imagine, too, the more you do of that, the more you find in breakthroughs yourself. Well, I, I, I enjoy doing it. Yeah, I enjoy uh, young people who want to want to make something of their life and uh, uh, would look upon me as a resource. First of all, I feel uh, honored and flattered by that. Uh, Secondly, uh, it is interesting to pour yourself into a life. And then you may forget about it or something, but 10 or 12 years later, uh, you'll hear from this guy or, or gal. And they say, do you remember me? Oh, sure, I do. I remember. Well, you told me to do this, 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 or the up. And I did it. And now here's what's going on. Uh, That's a wonderful feeling, Jeff. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. It's motivating and it's inspirational. So what is your secret to success in life? I mean, how, how did your own success intersection play out for you, Pat? Well, Jeffrey, I have, I stayed and I still stay very, very close to just a few things in my life. I'm not a golfer. Uh, I'm not a fisherman. Uh, I'm not a beach guy. I'm not a, I'm not a world traveler. Uh, the, the issues in my life are my family, um, uh, the ball club, um, the books and speeches, uh, and, my, and my Christian faith. You know, and, I, and, and that's where I stay. Those are the areas that I stay very, very close to. And it's amazing because people will say to me, I don't know how, mu- how you get so much done. Well, l- let's put eight hours o- aside for sleep. Uh, that leaves, if my math is correct, that leaves 16 hours 
And, and Jeffrey, it's amazing what we can get done in 16 hours. Oh, yeah. Every day, if you don't waste time. If you're not sitting there spending four or six hours a night watching television uh, or, or just spinning your wheels or, 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 or just not doing things. So it's uh, so I've that's what I've done. I have used those 16 waking hours uh, to uh, maximize every minute. Uh, in fact, that's a book I want to write, you know, how to maximize uh, your life by uh, not wasting time. Yeah. And uh, attacking life with energy. That I, uh, someday I'd like to write on that. Are you as you do your writing in, in the books? Are you are you keeping? You said like you have six or seven more books out there, and I think you probably got more than that. But are you just like jotting things down all the time and then putting them in, uh, putting them aside, and saying, "Hey, this is going to go somewhere." Yes, I uh, for many years, probably uh, forty or so, uh, I have been collecting quotes. And stories and anecdotes. Uh, I have a woman who types for me, and uh, I, I keep all that material on three by five cards, you know, in my office. I've got millions of these cards now. And so when it's time to write, uh, let's say I, I wrote a book uh, last fall simply called Humility. And I had shared stories and insights and anecdotes about that topic of humility for 40 years. So when it was time to write, uh, all of my research was done. It had been done day by day over 40 years. And it was just a matter of getting my material organized and getting it, uh, you know, so that it, it read smoothly and made sense. But uh, that's, that's how I've gone about it. Each, I'm sure each author out there d- goes about things a little bit differently, but that, that system has worked for me. Are you, are you a chess player? Uh, no, but I'm a reader, Jeff. I, yeah. um, I'm a voracious reader. Yeah. Uh, people ask me, what, what, do you, what do you do with your time? And, uh, and I say to them, I read. Uh, <laughs> I, read uh, I read probably, uh, <clears throat> oh, at least three hours a day. Maybe four. Um, see, I read on average about two two books a week. Now I might do them in in spurts, but I do read before I I go to bed, and I read every morning when I get up as well. Well, we've got a lot of t- we got a lot of filler time, you know, waiting at doctor's appointments. Uh, you know, the other night I flew back from Chicago, uh, my plane was two hours late, and uh, people were upset and so forth. I wasn't. Uh, because it gave me two more hours to read. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was sitting in uh, O'Hare, you know, a happy camper waiting for the flight. And, uh, you know, and it allowed me to get a whole book finished. And so, uh, uh, you know, if you're a reader, you ne- you never have a boring moment. You know, we talk about time. You talk about using time. Every moment's precious. And I think you're exactly right. But, I mean, here you, you're a minor league baseball player. It went on. You've got a, a doctorate in humane letters. You served seven years in the Army. You've led 23 teams to NBA playoffs, five to the NBA finals. And then, then you're author of 100 books. You're, you're obviously a very busy guy. And then on top of it, I think you have like 19 kids. Is that right? Yeah, we have a big family, Jeff. Yeah. We do have 19 children. 14 of those kids were adopted uh, from four foreign countries. Uh, they came over a 10-year period, 1983 to 1993. Uh, they're all adults now. Our oldest child is 45. The youngest is 31. And, and right now we have 17 grandchildren awesome. uh, who were uh, 
inter intersected with and having a, a, an interesting and fun time with them. So, yeah, we, we definitely are in what you would call a big family. So with all that, and then people say they never have time, and I, I wanted to cover all that because I want people to say, don't ever tell me you don't have enough time. He's got 19 kids and all these grandkids <laughs> and written all these books and done all this. So don't ever tell me you don't have time. So what's your strategy for focusing on your passion? Uh, uh, self-discipline. I, I think that's the key word here, Jeff. Uh, you know, all that we're talking about ultimately comes down to self-discipline. Uh, there, there's nobody, as adults, there's nobody in our life who is going to discipline us. You know, we discipline our children, uh, but along about 17 or 18, you know, they're leaving, they're gone, and they better have learned self-discipline by then. So uh, I, I've had to learn to, to say no to a lot of things that are good, but, but they're going to interfere with what is even better, you know, in my life. And so the more I read, the more stories I'm going to get, the more quotes I'll get, and that's going to lead to me writing better books. Uh, I also have learned, and, and, and this is a big one, Jeff, the more we exercise our minds, the better chance we have of avoiding dementia and Alzheimer's as we grow older. You know, our brains need exercise, and the best exercise that I know of is attaching a book to that two and a half three pound muscle in our skull and uh, reading really uh, really keeps it active and 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 has been proven it can deter the ravages of alzheimer's so that's another reason why i i, I read i don't want to end up you know as an 85 or 90 year old you know with uh with no memory of anything in life. So I'm, I'm reading for my life, I guess you could say. <laughs> That's great, which is great. Let me ask you, we've got a couple minutes left, but I do want to get into this. And I want to talk about unfulfilled potential and it being a real tragedy for people. What do you want to say to people about being unfulfilled and the potential for what you have? Well, one of my old uh, basketball buddies, a guy named Jack McMahon, who was an NBA veteran, and uh, I spent many years with Jack, uh, he, he had a statement. He said, potential means you haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. Potential can be a very damaging word. Potential means that, you know, you've got this ability, but you, you, you haven't done it yet. So how do you get that potential uh, out well, you you get that potential out by a uh, knowing what you're good at, b outworking people, c going about life with enormous passion, d having good people around you, coaches, teachers, parents, grandparents who who really want to invest in your life, uh, and I would also add uh, Jeffrey a, 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 a attitude of not quitting. Mm -hmm. uh, not giving up, not surrendering. Uh, life can be tough. Uh, every day is not easy. And there are going to be setbacks in your life. But if you can develop a, a tenacity, you know, Walt Disney called it stick to it -ivity, you know, that's going to be an awfully important resource in, in turning that potential uh, into uh, a really active, successful life. So everything you sound or it, that, that I hear from you is just nothing but positive and motivational, which, and, and so it's, it, it truly is, Pat, inspiration. I know the person that, inter, that introduced us said, you're just going to love this guy, and, and he's absolutely right. That's one. Do you, do you have any bad habits, things you want to work on? 
good question. <laughs> I, I'm just saying this, Jeff. I don't mean to put anybody down or, you know, but I never, uh, I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life. Uh, I've never smoked a cigarette. Uh, as a youngster, I always, uh, you know, I read a book by Pop Warner, the old coach, you know, who talked about uh, avoiding alcohol and avoiding tobacco and and then uh, I would say avoiding drugs. I probably, you know, probably my weak spot, Jeff, uh, is tiramisu. <laughs> well, or, mine's uh, bacon. We're up there. But mine's bacon. Okay. but uh, <laughs> Key lime pie would be another real, real problem in my life. Yeah, but I got to imagine, I, I've seen your picture. I, I got to imagine you don't have a weight issue by any means. Just, just probably that you just like to eat it too much. Well, I, I've got to be careful, uh, particularly as you as you get older. I'm learning, Jeff. It's uh, you don't burn as many calories. So, uh, fortunately, I have a wife who is, uh, you know, on on my case when uh, when it gets to be dessert time. But uh, that that that's probably uh, those are probably the greatest areas of weakness in my life. Uh, you know, the uh, pushing away from the dining room table at the right time. Jeff, I think it's important, and I tell young people this. You know, try and keep your life simplified. Yeah. Uh, try and keep it simplified. And, and anything that's going to complicate your life or, or make it more difficult, you know, tr- uh, try and avoid that from the very beginning. Um, you know, like with my children, when they were growing up, um, you know, this whole area of drugs were a big issue, you know, sure. when they were coming through school. And, and I would say to them, you know, Nancy Reagan said, just say no to drugs. And then I would add, because I don't know what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a good phrase. Uh, you know, the same with alcohol, you know, uh, uh, just say no to drinking. And But the phrase is because I don't know what's going to happen to me. In other words, will I get hooked on this? Uh, do I become an alcoholic? No, one never knows. And, and, and so uh, I, I think that's an important approach to life. Uh, same with any area that could, could doom you or drown you, you know, because I don't know what's going to happen to me. Uh, pornography, for example, Jeff, is a huge problem in our country with men. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say just say no to pornography because I don't know what's going to happen to me. Or to other people, right? Or to other people, because it's not just us. We we impact other lives around us, and so don't forget that we do that. And and I just think great message to leave. I wrote I wrote a book a while back about the uh, the impact or the power of our influence, Jeff. And, and we all have enormous influence. Uh, we have a vast array of influence, more than one would ever think. And 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 I'm and you don't have to be an NFL star or a Hollywood starlet to have influence. Uh, we all have influence, and we've got to be very, very careful, you know, about the impact we're having on other people, particularly those people in our own family. Exactly. Well, good message to leave for us today, Pat. It's been a pleasure. It's been a, as I said, motivational, inspirational, you know, and remember that an idea that's never fulfilled is nothing but air. And I, and I like the thought I wrote down in my own notes as you were talking, unfulfilled potential 
is just a waste. And so it, you've given us some, some great, great uh, things to learn about the success intersection. What happens when your talent meets your passion? And we've been talking with Pat Williams right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I always like to talk about what I learned, and what I learned was about wisdom. You know, it's one thing to sit there and say all the time, hey, I'm going to do it my way, my way, my way, or the highway, and you can do that, and usually, most of the time, you're going to see the highway yourself, because you're going to have to get on down the road, because you've done it wrong, because you haven't taken the time to ask others for help. What's wrong with that? Nothing. There's no, it's not a weakness. It's a, a strong person is a person who reaches out and asks others and learns from their success or learns from their failures because you're going to fail. There's no doubt about it. It's not a matter of how much you fail or fail fast. It's how you win fast. And the wise person will look for others. And I love to have that conversation with Pat today because I thought that was my big takeaway. What was yours? Tweet it to me or put it on Instagram or Facebook or maybe even LinkedIn. But let me know what you took away from the show today. I really love to hear that because it was great talking to Pat and all of his success and his motivation and what happens when talent meets your passion. That's a great way. That's finding your sweet spot, as he said. Wow, sweet spot. Talk about sweet spots. I get so excited about it, I can't even say it. But talk about those. I got one here every single week right here on All Business. And my sweet spot is having you listen to me, and I get to talk to some of the greatest people in the world. So thanks for joining us right here on All Business uh, with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. Welcome to C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.